Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and today I'm joined by Tom Fertile and Tom DeAngelis. How are you guys doing? Great. All Thanks, good. Rob. All right. Good to be here with you guys. Uh, for those of you who have been with us before, welcome back to Reflections from the Heart. For those who are stumbling upon us for the first time or been invited by a friend to listen, welcome. And uh, Reflections from the Heart is, is simple. It's a, it's a gospel reflection. Uh, there's many of those that happen in, in our diocese here in Harrisburg and beyond. And uh, what a gospel reflection is, it's, it's simply looking at the gospel that we will hear for the coming Sunday and seeing what the Holy Spirit tugs on our heart to, uh, to, to do in our lives, to change, to... Um, to be to be more for him, and uh, and it's it, it's a it's a blessing. So if you enjoy this radio program, consider either starting or joining a gospel reflection group, and you can reach out to us, and we'll uh, either help you find one or or help you start one. Uh, so before we jump into the gospel for Sunday, Tom, could you open us up with prayer? Absolutely, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we uh, approach celebration of Pentecost and the, the birth of the church, we we thank you for the gift that is the church. We thank you for the gift of those who are called by you to, to lead, and we lift them up in prayer to you that they may be faithful to answer the call that you have given, faithful in shepherding the people. And we too stand ready to receive the Holy Spirit in our lives as mothers and fathers, as people of faith, as brothers and sisters, as children, brothers, sisters, whatever we're called to do, whatever our station in life, that we may receive your inspiration and guided by the Holy Spirit, draw closer into a personal relationship with you and a deeper, loving, intimate relationship with the Father. We ask all this in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, thanks, Tom. And Tom D. Okay. Just a little gospel, please. This is a gospel for Pentecost uh, from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, that pretty much sums it up again, too. Uh, if the Father has sent me, so I send you. So uh, There you go. You know, I, I came from the Father to be examples of, to show love, to show mercy, to show how to 
uh, interact with each other, to show how to be um, intimate with the Father and faithful to the Father's call, and to uh, seek His will and to and to and to obey um, all those great things, you know. Um, and so our 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 job, our role, it's quite simple. Go do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, That's uh, all. Of course, it's not <laughs> quite that simple. And uh, again, as our Lord Himself, in, in, you know, faced uh, difficult times and faced persecution and faced challenges. I guess what, as people of faith, um, if we encounter difficulty, if we encounter some persecution, and we encounter some challenges, I guess, uh, I guess then we're doing it right, because um, that's what we're called to be faithful, not called for an easy ride. So, I always loved um, that that simple that simple um, point of fact, that simple admonition, um, that uh, you know, go do the things that I've done. Um, that's that's what we're called to do. And uh, as as we talk about here on a regular basis, it's it's not a it's not a once and done thing. Uh, each day we're you know called to wake up and start that day and go out and do uh, do the Lord's work. And no matter what our station in life, no matter what our employment situation, no matter where we're at the grocery store, no matter who we're talking to, uh, is to be the hands, the mouth, the you know, the feet of Christ, and, and bringing the message of love to those whom we encounter. So, it's, uh, it's awesome time in, in your prayer. You said you referenced the birthday of the church, and uh, it's it is so cool. You know, we can say happy happy birthday, church. And this past week, I was talking to someone about uh, you know the fact that Jesus, you know, he he didn't come to to give us a Bible, right? We have the Bible, but he came to show us that to show us that live, show us that we will suffer, that we will die, but with him we will rise. But he came to start a church, and um, and we need to celebrate. That gift, right? That that Jesus didn't want us to to go it alone, and um, you know, it was happy birthday, happy birthday, church, and and uh, you know that family that we have. I was talking to a deacon who just loves his parish, and he's serving in his parish that he's from, uh, which is really cool. And he was talking about a woman that came to him who just came into the church last Easter. Her husband just got a job out of town, and she's just really struggling. And she's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a church family like this. Because, you know, especially coming in as an adult, you, know, you go through RCIA and you get plugged in and, and you're, you know, you enter into the church and that parish who, you know, she referred to her parish as my family. I don't know if I'll be able to find another parish mm-hmm. family like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so God knew what he was doing. Uh, he, he didn't want us to go alone. He wants us to not just check in. On Sunday for an hour and, and leave. He wants us to stay connected and and to be there with each other and for each other, mm. um, and help each other live the life that, like you're saying, Tom, you know, to follow in his footsteps. He does. He, we need that. We need each other. We need the support and the encouragement. Yeah. And earlier in the week, I had I was with a gospel reflection group, and we had talked about the, the, the really the second part of this passage. Um, and I think it really does talk to the, not just the, the fact that Jesus came to start a church, but what kind of church, you know, because cause he says, you know, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then um, somebody brought up earlier um, that, well, and well, I'm supposed to go, I'm being sent out, but what am I, what am I supposed to be taking out with me? You know, what's the, what's the message? Well, peace be with you. Take take my peace with you for one thing, and then and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And I don't think it's an accident that these things follow right after each other. Because what am I sending you out to do? Receive my Holy Spirit, and then who sends you forgive? Take the peace of Christ out. Take this forgiveness out. Take this 
willingness to be open to other people, you know, to to be uh, to show God's mercy to other people in your life. So it's kind of like, what am I being sent to do? Well, receive the Holy Spirit and then share the Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit? Well, it's the Spirit of you know, the Father and, and the Son and the love that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father and the fact that he was willing to die, not not just for us, but for the Father, as the Father asked him to die. You know, he he, he says that in, you know, in his last, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. So what are we being asked to do is to love the way he loved, you know? This, this is my new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. And that's how, and John says, that's how they'll know you're, you're part, you know, you're part of Christ. You're part of the church because because you love. Because so, what are we called to do? You know, what are we being sent to do? Is to share that Holy Spirit with other people in our lives. And I don't think it necessarily means like we get from a lot these days from people who have kind of swung way over to the mercy side, which is well, we we need to be a little less forceful in our dogma and our doctrine, and we need to you know compromise on things you know like. You know, rules about marriage and stuff like that. I don't think it means that at all. I think what it means is we call people to a to a higher life, a, you know, a greater grace, and that when we fall, as we all do, we're there with mercy. We're there with forgiveness. We're there to say, get up, try it again, you know? We're talking birthday of the church, Rob, but I don't see any cake here, man, so we have to rectify that. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's true. It, it's, you know, um, the, the, the church... Uh, Jesus brought, came to bring salvation, and 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 the vehicle, you know, the the, the structure. There, there's a structure to the to the apostles. There's a structure to the followers. I mean, the church is that visible structure, the sign of, of of Christ, you know, working, you know, in our world. And you know, if you look at, I mean, people say, you know, well, we should go back to the way the organized religion, right? Organized. What's this organized religion or the hierarchical church? I'm like, you know, and I, I used to think about that. And it wasn't until I really spent some time in the Acts of the Apostles, where you go, you cannot read the Acts of the Apostles and walk out of there and go, well, there's no structure. There was no function of like it's it's it's, it's yeah. it was organized from day one. I mean, the first yeah. thing they did right was get another a get play, another, another replacement, apostle, right. like to get another apostle and and the decisions on fasting and the gentile. I mean, just yeah. so many things. Well, yeah. of course, and like, well, it's not the same as it was now. Well, because there was twelve members yeah. <laughs> originally, yeah. and then seventy two. Yeah. You know, and now yeah. there's a billion. So yeah. it, it does change a little bit, yeah. but it, it really, it, it you know, it 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 really is a gift. And and yes, look, there's imperfect people. And I think that's sometimes what happens when, you know, people criticize, you know, the organized religion or the structure because there's imperfect people who do sometimes do bad things. But right. that's all Jesus has to work with, you know, is imperfect people. Yeah. Um, imagine being an early, an early follower of Christ, you know, wait a minute, you put that Peter guy in charge? I mean, you know, how many times did he mess up, you know? Or Paul? Yeah. Paul? Yeah. Wait a minute. He used to kill people. And right. now he's one of the greatest leaders. I mean, yeah. you know, that shows God's redemptive uh, redemption uh, mm-hmm. and, and mercy. Mercy and justice. I mean, thank God for that. So, yeah. you know, if those guys, yeah. uh, can, you know, could end up doing all right, well, I think, you know, I think we can as well. So, you know, I think it's it's an individual. Um, uh, I think an individual thing for people to, when you think about, you know, the church and whatever people oh, have hangups on, it's knowing some history, you know, from from Acts of the Apostles. Uh, uh, and even early church readings, I mean, really gives you perspective on, of course, you know, there's some there's some organization here. Of course, God, knowing how we are, knowing the kind of people that we are, um, you know, we need need some of that guidance and that structure to give context to things, to help with interpretation, et cetera. And it, and it really and it really is a gift. And you know, we can't in our lives, we can't let the people. 
um, you know, get in the way and 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 change what we think is a theological truth because of the mm. way someone didn't do it right. I mean, that's the yeah. biggest criticism of Christians. Well, if they yeah. all be- behave the way Christ did, well, we're not all going to do that. But just because someone who says they're a Christian does something wrong does not negate, you know, the the metaphysical reality of right. Jesus Christ. You know, right. because someone did it wrong. You know, so we have right. to get beyond those things. And and when we struggle with teachings and we struggle with the idea of authority, to really spend some time in prayer and to spend some time, you know, in, in, in some reading and some knowledge. And, and I think that helps us uncover uncover the beauty, um, especially in this day and age when, you know, we like freedom. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. Thank you very much. It's kind of difficult right. to to submit. Um, but uh, there's, there's a gift. There's yeah. a gift in the church and there's a gift in authority. And, and I was going to mention authority. I think that's uh, really one of the greatest examples that I get from, from Paul, St. Paul, is how he yielded to the authority, right? That, you know, he, he went to Peter and, and uh, you know, he, he yielded. So from an, from an early, like you're saying, Tom, from the earliest stages of the church, there was, there was authority. And I was talking to this one guy that was just saying, you know, everything I do is, is from the Bible. And I said, well, but if you're, if you're confused or if you have a question, where do you go? And he kept pointing to his Bible. I said, well, but, you know, for a yeah. long time, there wasn't a Bible. For hundreds of years, you know, there wasn't a Bible, and even after was, even after there was one, they there wasn't even a, agree on the books. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't there wasn't the printing press until fourteen hundred, or yeah. you know, like so. People died for what they believed in because they were taught. The faith was passed; it was taught. Um, yeah. The stories were shared, um, but there was an authority. There was a teaching authority from the very beginning, and then and then he said, "Well, but you know, so my Bible instructor." is my authority as well. So well, who's his authority? All right, so it all goes back to that. Like, and uh, it, it's freedom. It really is. It's freedom with that authority. And they may be doing some things that, or have done some things that are not uh, very Christ-like. And, uh, and we just have to ask God for the grace to, to uh, just to keep our eyes on him, right? That, and just trust that for all these 2,000 years, maybe there were some pretty you know, pretty shady characters in in, in positions yeah. of authority. Yeah. But in... Inside area, and outside yeah, of the church. Yeah, yeah. And, But in areas of faith and morals and doctrine, mean, the, the church was protected. There was, there was nothing that uh, that came about from that. So God, yeah. God's got our back. Yeah, and two, um, based on what you were saying, Rob, and also going back to the things you said, Tom, I think one of the things that our... Our modern culture, and I, I think it's probably you could go back in history and see it as this sense of this misguided sense of mercy as being a relaxation of the rules or the doctrine or the dogma. Like those things are hard for people, and when they, you know, when they they can't live up to them, you know, where you know they they commit adultery. Well, you know what? If you didn't have adultery, then people wouldn't feel bad about it, and they want you know. And there's this sense of the merciful thing to do is really take the rule away, because the rule. Is is what's causing the problem. And you take the rule away, and then after a while, there's no need for mercy anymore because nobody ever does anything wrong. And yet we have conflict, we've got division, we've got separation, we've got we've relaxed more rules in this country socially than anything. And the country is more at odds, more polarized, more and the funny thing is the polarization isn't even that clear. People are polarizing completely different areas in different ways, depending on what the issue is that comes up. You know, so relaxing the rules isn't the solution. The solution is trying to strive to 
live up to the rules, to the ideal, to being called to to that kind of love. And then when you fall, there's there's mercy there for you. You know, there's there's forgiveness. But if think about it, if you get rid of the rules, there, you don't need mercy and forgiveness. Well, what happens to mercy and forgiveness then? Hmm. Well, you don't need it. But I thought they were good things. You know. And and then right. on the other side, if I could, Tom, yeah. is the perfect perfectionism that yeah. that. You know, we strive so much to be perfect um, that we, you know, we try to be the savior of ourselves. Yeah. You know that. Um, and I think that's yeah. the flip side of the relaxing, relaxing the rules. Is I try to be perfect. I try to live up to it. I can't, and therefore it's not really fair. You need to take the rule away because nobody can live up to this. You know, people keep falling. Well, how many times have we talked about here about? going to confession and confessing the same thing over and over again. That's part of our the mercy that we receive from God and also our love of God. And I, I keep falling. I keep trying. I keep getting up. I keep trying. If I stop trying, where's the love? You know, where's the sacrifice? Where's the, where's the need for mercy even after that? So Yeah, I mean, Jesus definitely preached mercy and forgiveness, but I remember a couple other things such as, you know, if your hand calls you to sin, cut it off. Uh, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah. Um, better than you, better have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown in the first, than this happened yeah. to you. So there are, there are quite a couple uh, admonitions there, right. which meant, no, it's, it's you're supposed to change. <laughs> you're supposed right. to live up uh, to the ideal and to the standard and to, and to strive, though you're going to fail, but you definitely not just keep doing what you're doing uh, and 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 let it go and uh, and and change the rules. No, we're definitely called uh, to to a you know a higher way of life, a higher way of thinking, a higher way of living. Um, you know, our, our lives were new creations. We're not old mm-hmm. creations with modified rules. Um, right. Because again, Tommy nailed it. If there's no, if there's no, and I think C.S. Lewis said it the best way with moral relativism. He said, you know, moral relativism, which is just basically, well, what's right for you is right for you, wrong for me is wrong for me, and there really is no right or wrong. Very popular thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, just our opinion. Um, moral relativism will uh, certainly um, damn our souls and end our species. Like, whoa! I mean, that's powerful <laughs> stuff. But he he basically said what you what you said Tom if there's no if there's no um, right or wrong then there's no sin well if there's no sin then there's no need for forgiveness if there's no need for forgiveness I don't have to repent mm-hmm. and if I don't repent well then I separate myself from God and that that really is the flow mm-hmm. and so um, now there's a uh, there's definitely a need to be um, reflective of our lives, reflective of the what Christ has taught us, reflective of um, where we fail in our lives, um, and uh, and to repent from our sin and and to accept our Lord and and to follow. That's that's it. Yeah, right there and, it is. And, and fear keeps us locked, right? You know, they they were locked behind the doors out of fear for the Jews, but then even after they had this encounter with Christ, he showed them his wounds, and and you know they they, they saw the resurrected Lord, right? After he ascended, they're back up in the room, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, as we are preparing for Pentecost, our our brothers were, our, mm-hmm. you know, the, the apostles. They were in the upper room again. Don't be so hard on yourselves, right? And I need to not be hard on myself. Uh, that we're gonna fall. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna be afraid sometimes, and that's why we have to keep going to the Holy Spirit and praying and asking for the gifts of joy and peace and love and courage and kindness. Right? Just keep asking for the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. But it's really cool to, to imagine the apostles with Mary, right? When the Holy Spirit came, it was the apostles with Mary, yeah. and they were doing this novena with the Blessed Mother, and the Holy Spirit comes. Yeah. You know, it's. 
you kind of get the kind of get the feel that from the scriptures that it was it was a novena, but it wasn't it wasn't an intended novena. People look back and they say, "Well, it was nine days." So why don't we replicate that? Why don't we do another one next year or something? You know, but um, but two, I think, and and this is my impression from you know reading the scriptures and just most of it from memory. But I think there was a difference between their their being in they're locking themselves in the room before the ascension and they're returning to the room after the ascension because if i recall correctly the scriptures talk about them being um, being in prayer and fasting for those nine days mm-hmm. so i think their sense of after having seen him for 40 days so and they're then waiting see for him the ascend yeah. and then finally it's almost like they're starting to get it you know he keeps saying he keeps giving them his spirit he keeps letting them know you know he's he's already made it known to them that they're forgiven. He's forgiven Peter. He's, you know, your your sins are forgiven. Be, peace be with you. Don't worry about deserting me, you know. So at some point, I think they're coming back and it's starting to dawn on them. And then he ascends into heaven and he said he was going to send, mm-hmm. you know, an advocate, the paraclete. And so they're probably expecting something. I don't think they had any idea it was going to be in nine days, you know, or 10 days, but they're locked in prayer, you know, and they're, and they're fasting. And that's what the scripture says. And I think, but I think there was a different feel there after the ascension than there was, you know, as it transitioned through that period of those 40 days and they came to realize, you know, so we, we tend to look at the, at Pentecost as being, they went from being locked in a room from fear the way they were the day after the crucifixion to um, just going out and it all happened at one time, but there's 50 days in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 50 days of being exposed to him, of having him appear, of having him cook, you know, them breakfast, fish, and, you know, and showing up in different places at different times. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there is a development I think that happens there. And I think that th- those nine days I think are, a different group of apostles from what they were the nine days after the crucifixion. Yeah, you know? fear of what to do next versus fear of you know being attacked or persecuted or crucified by the right. Jews is a little bit different. And and again, how neat that that they modeled what they learned from our Lord, of course, before all the major you know decisions and major parts of his life. What did he do? He, he went prayed. and prayed. Yeah. And as we see that time and time again. So here are the apostles before they're going to go out in that public ministry. Again, get together and yeah. and and pray that again that message to us that you know that the our call to pick up that cross every day is 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 a challenging one. And again, if we're not steeped in prayer, we're not going to be prepared for what's going to come next. And Lord knows what you know what they encountered, what came yeah. next, you know. But they went and they went forth boldly. And again, showing showing some examples of that early church authority. If I remember, I mean, Paul didn't write, you know, hey guys, I'm just one of many with a couple thoughts on how you might want to live your lives. When he wrote to the church, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was, you know, I, apostle of Paul, I'm telling you this, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this right, get it, get your act together. I mean, yeah. again, you see the, you know, you see, you, you see the spirit yeah. working yeah. through them and, 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 and it wasn't questioned. It was, it was like, we, we need this guidance. We always had guidance by God. We always had guidance by the Holy Spirit, you know, so to think, well, that's just going to suddenly change now. No, ridiculous. Of course mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Um, he will not let the church uh, fall. I think that's in scripture somewhere yes, as well. Yes, Bob, indeed. Right? You know? Yes, indeed. And then you look at Peter, you know, he receives the Holy Spirit and he goes out and, and preaches the first homily, 3,000, right? So, but was it Peter? It was the Holy Spirit in sure, Peter. Sure, right. And I Good think point. we have to remember that time that you yeah. know, you, what you're reminding us of is especially... 
you know, for us here at Stewardship, we're in full-time ministry. For anybody listening who's in ministry full-time, part-time, volunteers on the weekends, whatever, we have to pray. I mean, we have to pray yeah. and fast and just beg the Lord to, to, to fill us and, uh, and to speak through us and to love through us and to serve through us. Because the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. We're all called to evangelize, to share the good news. That's all. You know, we, we love sharing the good news about everything else in life. But when it comes to our faith, sometimes we're, we're a little silent. But once we have that courage to do it, we have to remember it's got to start with prayer. It's got to start with prayer, continue with prayer, end with prayer. Because the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization working through us. Again, I think where Jesus says, peace be with you, and he says, he breathes on him and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And right after that, the, the Holy Spirit is whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. So it's this, it's this sense of I'm giving you the spirit that I went to the cross with, and I'm asking you to take that out to other people. The spirit of forgiveness, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of encouragement that you, you know, you're better than that. You can do that. Not that we relax the rules, but that, okay, you made a mistake, you know. He doesn't come and say, you know what, we weren't really that close during my life anyway, so the fact that you guys ran away is no big deal, you know. He, he he forgave them. You know, they were his closest associates and the people he was counting on, and he deserted him at the, at the worst moment. He didn't come back and say, well, you know, it wasn't really that big a deal. He, he forgave them. Peace be with you. I forgive you, you know. So, th- I mean, I think that's, that's more the kind of sense that we get than just, you know, everything's okay. I mean, it's mercy is just, you know. And that gift of peace is, is awesome. I just keep. Whenever I see the word peace, I'm reminded of a time that I tried to convince my daughter, who's a sophomore in high school now, that mass was fun. And I was like telling her all the reasons why mass is fun. She looks at me. She's like in fourth grade at the time. She's like, Dad, mass isn't fun. I was like, what? Get out of my house, you heathen. And she's like, mass is peace. I was like, wow. Uh-huh. Right, and isn't that what we want from the, from the mouths yeah. of children? Yeah, that's what we want. Right? I wonder I mean, if Jesus the, liked hanging around with I them. I know, I know. You know, in the midst of craziness, in the, in, the, in the good times, the bad times, peace be with you. Right, and when when things are turning upside down, like never expecting something to be going the way it is, peace yeah. be with you. Right. Uh, so thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's one of those universal uh, ones desires that we all have, which is that desire of peace. You know, I was joking. I laughed earlier. I, I was th- when you s- said that, Rob, um, about sharing faith. I, I what came to mind was, you know, I think our sharing of faith is to be genuine, to be authentic. And I thought of social media and how many times we have the opportunity to be that little bit of a light, to make that little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a plug, but not in terms of, you know, hey, if you don't, you know, requote this scripture quote, you know, do you love Jesus? Well, if you share this, you do, and if you don't, you and not, oh, not yeah. the superficial. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, like yeah, the chain yeah. letter type uh, yeah. evangelization. That's what made me think. That's why I chuckled. But it was uh, no. There's, but there's little. Um, there's, there's, there's boldly proclaiming the gospel, and then I think for most of us, there's just hundreds of little opportunities that come by on a regular basis um, in our daily lives, um, and definitely on social media where we can we can be that that little bit of a light and plant that seed in somebody's heart. Amen, brothers. And as we begin to or continue to prepare for the the birthday of the church, let's uh, let's fully engage in her and, uh, and, and with our brothers and sisters. God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or 
how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.